welcome. This is Mibbit Marketing and I am your host, Rachel Claver. I love helping small business owners become more confident and more capable with their marketing. So this podcast is all here to help you do just that. It's me and the help of some great guests helping you learn new skills, new strategies and ideas. Let's jump in and get started. Creating a course is very different to selling a course. Whether it's a DIY, blended learning or group coaching course, there's this idea that if you make it, they will come and that is simply not true. Every now and again, someone will create a course that happens to catch an early wave of change and it's overnight success. But even if you've got a sizable list and engaged audience and people like you, selling spots on a course is often far more difficult than those course gurus will let on. I personally learnt this the hard way when the first course we had was released. I spent weeks creating it. I did not spend the same amount of effort on marketing it. I know, and I'm a marketing strategist. I mean, how bad am I? That course had has now had a little under a thousand people take it, and it's since morphed into a blended learning course with some one-to-one coaching. But I had to learn a lot of lessons to get it to that stage. I learned my lessons well very well by the time I launched my very first group coaching course earlier this year. The Content Master Web is currently through its second intake and I'm so excited already for next March. However, I have already made quite a lot of changes, which I'll discuss in this podcast with our guest today around how that managed. From my own experience and the experience of my clients, I know signups are harder than we expect. So today I have asked Linda Reed Innova to come and talk through the common mistakes and misbeliefs that course creators experience and how to counteract them. Linda Reed Innova is a, I'm sorry with her name, I'll say it again. Linda Reed Innova is a marketing public relations and brand ideas strategist with a passion for educating others. She's a ThinkFit approved expert and she works with businesses and individuals to find their point of difference, perfect their image and build their profile in the public domain. Linda has helped countless others carve out a niche through innovative marketing strategies, public relations, course creation, social media, marketing automation, and branding. And she draws from both her educational background and over 20 years' experience in marketing and public relations to help businesses and individuals with one-on-one mentoring, courses, webinars, training, and useful tools. If to a course creating If you've created a course and it's creating virtual dust or you have a course and you do not want it to create virtual dust on a website somewhere, then this, this episode is the one you need to tune into. Let's get listening to Linda. Hi and welcome to Mappet Marketing. I'm your host, Rachel Claver, And as you'll have heard in the intro, today we've got the amazing Linda Reed Edniver. I got it, did I get it right that time, Linda? Yeah, you did. Oh my gosh. I, I've mentioned this before, I think, in podcasts, but I always get it right when I ask. And then when I come to do it, it it's, a, it's a disaster. So miracles. All of us. Miracles have happened today already. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Linda and I um, are going to be talking about uh, how to get your course sold um, and why people do all this effort around courses and then they don't sell, which I think is a really good topic because I have lost track of how many people I've talked to about that. 
And before I get Linda to introduce herself, uh, one thing, she and I are probably going to go on 100,000 different tangents today, but you're used to that on this podcast. Um, so just be prepared for that. She talks as fast as I do. So if you want to slow the podcast down, feel, feel free, you know, get us to a normal speed. Um, and if you want to ask questions, um, two things. One, you can come and be part of my group, Map It Marketing on Facebook, but also I'm just going to do a bit of a plug for it because it is one of my favorite uh, Facebook groups besides mine. Um, <laughs> Linda has a great one too called business, business, business. And I actually learned, and I've talked about this in a previous podcast actually about Facebook groups. I learned a lot from Linda because one of the things I love about her group is that she allows other people who work in the same sphere in the group because you believe, Linda, that, which I also believe, that people will choose the right person for them. Absolutely. And I am not the right person for every one of the 33,000 members in our Facebook group. I know exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> and it's a beautifully moderated group. You don't need bitchiness come in, which I really like. And I've managed, I've got that in my group. And, you know, and I think that that creates a really lovely safe haven for business yeah. owners. And I think that's the thing when we talk about, and we're going to talk today about why, and I'm particularly, I want to delve into the topic as you and I talk about why courses aren't selling because there yes. are so many people that put their course out there and they put all their work in. But the key thing about amongst running communities and running Facebook groups and courses and, hey, look, Rachel, let's be really honest, everything in marketing is knowing what we the outcome we want yeah. from the space, the course, the community, the, the things that we created. Now, if I admit it early enough, we've been running BBB since 2014. So we are eight years old this year. We are one of four Facebook groups in Australia that I know that are still standing that started when we started. That's amazing. And also yeah. that growth is amazing in that time as well. It is. And steady growth. See, other people yeah. say, oh, I want a Facebook group of thousands and thousands of people. And we don't know we're talking about Facebook groups for a minute. Steady growth. And same with your courses, same with everything that we're going to talk about today is we're looking at steady growth. Mm. We are not looking at vanity metrics because a group of 100,000 people or a, or a list of 100,000 people or a whatever of 100,000 yes. people, if they don't take action, it means absolutely nothing. Oh, Linda, like, honestly, I feel like this is going to be a kind of a creepy thing to say. I feel like you were in my bedroom last night um, because I was talking to my husband, Rod, who, like you, I work with my husband, and I was just having this rant about marketers in particular who use vanity metrics to try and bring people in because they don't mean crap. Like, telling me how many followers you've got somewhere means nothing because I can see there's no engagement on your account, yeah. you know, it's, or, you know, whatever it is. So I, so I love that. Anyway. Let's jump in to Let's talk about in. you for a minute. <laughs> Who are you, Linda? Who like, am tell I? me about you. <laughs> Which personality am I wearing today? <laughs> yeah, choose, choose the one that's the least hungover, most enthusiastic. <laughs> yes, I did go to, guys, for everyone listening, I'll excuse myself now. I went to an evening last night called Mum's Gone Wild. And mums really oh, you do were, go wild. <laughs> I went, actually, I'll just say, I, I was a keynote speaker once at a multiples birth association. Yep. And look, women who have multiples do not go out. No. And I, I came home from the night before my last keynote at 4 a.m. Some of them walked in from there and I was wrecked. Like I, I lost my way halfway through. But they were all wearing sunglasses. The first three rows were all wearing sunglasses because they were so hungover. I applauded. <laughs> The girls gone wild. Oh, yeah, it was great fun. <laughs> okay, so for those of you who don't know me or haven't heard of who I am before, I'm my name is Linda Reed Jennifer. My ideas are my superpower. So taking ideas to market, helping you put your ideas into a course, 
Um, everything that, that to do with ideas is, is, is what I do. I'm a marketer by trade. I'm a trained teacher before that. So, you know, I am approved to teach little people how to live their lives, you know, tie <laughs> shoelaces, spell words, do all of those sorts of things. Um, and I discovered marketing as I was learning, as I was getting my teaching degree. And I was jokingly saying to a friend the other night that when we first went out, the starting teacher's salary was $22,000 Australian a year. <laughs> In marketing, I was already earning 32000 a year. So I was sitting there having a struggle going, why would I take a $10,000 pay drop to work harder and longer than I already am? But I grew up in a small country town and I didn't know marketing was available to me. So that was something that I found on my university journey. We have, And when I say which personality, <laughs> it's a case of which personality. We run a Facebook group and community called Business, Business, Business. I am the founder of the Course Creator Circle and I think if you approved expert, which happened and grew from Business, 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 which is the interesting point of view. Um, I lead our impact team, so our marketing team here at Enova Group. Um, I might be a little bit brand Nazi from time to time and can spot a font. That is not correct. A hundred meters away. <laughs> That's quite funny because I, I'm addicted to fonts. You know, I'm actually like my daughter who does a lot of our marketing is too, but she, they'll pull me up because I, yeah. I like fonts and they'll be like, that's not the font we agreed on. We had a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're working on the marketing planner for 2023 at the moment. And we've gone through 32 font versions of how we think 2023 should look and they all still look ugly. So that's really interesting to me because I've got a marketing planner that I had years ago and I'm, I'm actually going to re-release it and change it. It's different to yours. It's like a quarterly yep. thing. I, we, it's kind of funny, like you and I have so many parallels. Like I was a teacher as well and there's all the yep. sort of things and we talk really fast. Um, but one of the things I was just thinking, I was like, oh, I'm going to be able to choose a new font. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally thinking that this morning. Let me give you a fair 2023 looks ugly however you write it <laughs> okay oh yeah it probably does actually yeah I can imagine yeah the three is a tricky number to make it, look it is yeah I think we're going back to the old one but I'm like mm. <laughs> uh, and also when you've started doing it you start second guessing yourself yeah absolutely yeah so anyway that's an interesting insight into my work yep. guys I told you we'd do tangents so warned everyone yep so warned everyone <laughs> we'll find it out from there we are going to go through tangents so ideally what I do and what I particularly do is I work out where things go within your business. So okay. as part of what we do as a course creator circle is we work out where course creation sits within your business. So I am not your six figure launch, have a rocket science course component mm -hmm. because I'm all about sustainable. Anything that you do in business needs to be sustainable. Okay. There is enough. There is no badge for burnout. No one gives you a badge for burnout. No one says, here you go. Here's the crown. You are the, the queen of burnout. You can take mm -hmm. that. What they do do is it affects your health. It affects all of those things from there. And if we don't put sustainable actions into business, no matter what we do in marketing or anything like that, then it does come into burnout on a regular basis. So mm -hmm. when we talk about course creation, we talk exactly about that. Where does it fit within your offering? Because mm. I, I think one of the things that people have been sold this lie, and I've seen so many people do it, and I like, I'm really happy with where my courses are, my courses are now, but I know when I started, I also bought into that lie years oh, ago you. of it's really easy. You create a course and it's like that old, you know, Kevin, is it Kevin Costner field of dreams, build it and they will come. They don't. And it's the biggest <laughs> lie because 
if you have a really engaged if you have a really engaged community that's already giving you a lot of buying signals then actually sometimes it can be quite easy and I think some of the people that share that lie have already got like an engaged community not just a hundred thousand followers or something but people who actually are like buying stuff or referring they've already got that and they just don't remember what it's like to not have that exactly and what the other thing that they don't other thing that people forget in this process is building it is 20 percent of the job yes <laughs> sorry it's 20 percent of the job and but they, they put in 80 percent effort into into building it yes and then thinking that 20 percent of it is, is there and even those with engaged communities and i have to bust this yep. because i hate it when people say on oh, engaged view they had engaged communities they still work their ass off in marketing it oh they do you, and you, you, know, know, you can't just mention it once no you so know i talk oh no no you rachel you and i both talk about this about evergreen marketing but yeah. one of the key things that, you know, when people come and say to me, my course is not selling. And I'm like, oh, really? How many times in the last seven days have you shared that course? And I get a blank face. Mm. Okay, let's go out, stretch it out a bit. How many times in the last 14 days have you shared that course? Blank face, go to 30 days. Now, the course hasn't been shared in the last 30 days. Mm. Now, I don't know about you. But I know the algorithms move fast. I know social media moves fast. And I know that 90% of your audience is not online when you share something. Yeah. And I think like the thing is, it's because I I know this from a marketing point of view. And this is the thing I've really had to learn myself. I can tell a client that. But when it comes to my own stuff, you can understand the hesitancy because it feels like you're a broken record. Because I actually, I just before this, I did the outro of another podcast that's coming out next week. And that one's on book publicity because I've just had my book come out. And you should hear the woeful outro of me because I did it because I had to hire a book publicist because I completely forgot to think about my book publicity. And I left it too late because I did exactly what I tell my clients not to do. And you can hear me going, don't do what I did like seriously yeah, don't do what I did and then I'm like but buy my book <laughs> <laughs> but buy my book so you don't do what I did <laughs> but you know like it is it is hard and I I used to feel oh don't push like don't do that pushing that's rude but people need it and okay. you, you know so overnight Rachel I'm going to ask you a question how many yeah. new followers have you got on Facebook how many new followers have I got on Facebook yep I don't know didn't cheat. So you've had an increase, I would gather. How yeah, many members have you got in your Facebook group? Yeah, I've had an increase, yeah. Okay, yeah. so guess what? They didn't see the last time you marketed your book. Yeah, I know, which really sucks because I should <laughs> tell them about it. I know, like, it, but this is that thing where marketers can be just as bad at this as everyone oh, else. Absolutely. The one thing I will say to everyone is when you get sick of marketing your book or your product or your yep. course or whatever, that's the time you need to ramp it up. Oh, I like that. Because if you don't ramp it up, you're going to sit there in this lovely little, what I call, marketing comatose rocking area. I've shared it too much. No, yeah. everyone's not going to listen to me. The best thing about doing educational marketing, and Rachel and I do a lot of this together. We yeah, we do, do a yeah. lot of educational marketing. <laughs> best thing about doing educational marketing is people come to find what you've got. Yeah. Okay. But the you, educational marketing is the ability and I pick up, give me a second. I'm going to unmic for two seconds, guys. Yeah, yeah. All good. We're good. Because I know we're videoing and podcasting. Yes. So, only because Rachel's here with a book and, you know, I've done the book marketing thing. Yeah, you t- yeah you're a pretty good <laughs> thing too. Okay, so we pick up our book, Yeah. okay? We take a keyword out of our book and when we're doing our educational marketing piece, 
we or our course or whatever we're doing. So you're putting your course together, you record the piece that says, for example, <laughs> uh, there's no such thing as free PR. So I would take the component out of my book of PR tips and I'd say, in the book of PR tips, we talk about no, there's no such thing as free PR and mm. there's a time investment, blah, blah, blah. And we get the we get the seed of interest happening. Okay, it's the same thing with courses. It's the same thing when everything we're going through. And I can guarantee you the time that you are most effective in creating that marketing content is when you're creating that course yeah. or when you're writing that book. So you do the little side videos that say, you know, in my book or in this or in that, and you use that as a batch series of content, but you make it evergreen so that you yes. can use it again and again and you use the right schedulers that can schedule that marketing out so that you load it. We love Meet Edgar here. You know, we absolutely love Meet Edgar. It's all category-based. We load the promo post to Meet Edgar. As far as we're concerned, we've only ever done it once. Yeah. And Meet Edgar keeps sharing it again and again for us. And I do think that, that you know, we we know, um, like I always say, it's sort of 13 to 22 points of contact. We know that that's how many you need, but that's how many people are seeing Absolutely. it. You know, like that's a lot, right? Yep. And that's also points of contact. It's not shares. No, so no, no. How many times did you share it out on Facebook or or LinkedIn, that's points of contact. That means the person has seen it. They've opted in for your email list. They've looked at the ad. They've clicked on the website. They've, you know, worked out that you're not a complete idiot. Yes. And, <laughs> and so, your product is worthwhile buying. So when do you think, because I'm, I'm, I'm asking you a question I think I know the answer to, so it'll be interesting whether say, when should you start marketing your course? Okay. There's two schools of thought on this. And I have two clients in two completely different positions at the moment. So okay, I'm going to use them both as good. an example. Um, I've got one who's got a course outlined fully together. Okay. So she's fully together. So we, well, we go straight to pre-sale. Yeah. So we go straight to pre-sale. And <clears throat> I say this to course creators in lots of ways. As long as you know your market and this particular topic is is known, it's like people already buy courses in this one. Yeah. You know, it's just her teaching her way. So that one goes straight to pre-sale. And the reason it goes straight to pre-sale is the outline's there. There's nothing like a countdown timer and a landing page to make sure you get your shit together and get that course out. Yeah. Um, and then you and then you get those components over there. If you're unsure about what you're going to teach, okay, and this is the big thing that I say to most people, if you're unsure about what you're going to teach, your students will tell you. So run it live. Yes. So yes. run it live, have a small test group, do like, a half two hour or half hour webinar see where see what you need to bring into from there they'll tell you because they're going to ask you questions in that live training session that you can't get out of any focus group they're going to ask you the questions that will allow you to be able to get the answer about what you need to put in there next so you'll but find that most of my courses i'll tend to run live and then i'll bring into evergreen I really like that. I actually, um, so I, you know, we talked last because you've got your course, um, your course creator circle, which I really liked. And I want to tell you something that I learned from when we last talked. So when we were talking about that, I had was launched my content master web and initially it was a 12 week program and I launched it cheaper live. Like I still recorded everything, but I basically used that group as my test case discovered it needed to be 13 weeks because I realized that one of them needed a two-week period so we made it 13 weeks and then they all wanted to do the course again like we've just started again in August and then we were like they want but we want to see you in between times so we've the whole thing has morphed from this one-off 13-week course to a year-long program where there's two intensive periods of 13 weeks and then these kind of relaxing and and I wasn't expecting that. That's not what I set out to create, but I'm so happy I've got that. And I got it because I did that mix of 
having a structure, knowing what I was going to do every week, but also getting that initial feedback yeah. from the initial and students. Your and as you learn, your students don't hide anything. They will tell no. you exactly what they want. Plus all the typos. They mentioned all the typos. Oh, yeah. No, they, they, oh, and the worst was when they messaged me, me one, uh, one day and said, are we not doing the coaching call this morning? And I was in a creative flux and had completely forgotten about it. And they forgave <laughs> me. And so I will never do that again. But luckily it was with them. Yes. <laughs> and it really, those things happen as, as, as teachers. So the biggest thing you know about, about that process is, is pre-sale is great. Waitlist is good if you can build hype. Yes. Now, the thing about a waitlist, and this was what I was actually running through with a client the other day, a waitlist is still an, is, a, is an extra barrier to purchase though. Okay, mm. so if you can pre-order yeah. and say that I'm launching by this particular day, waitlist, they sign on the email, then they've got to actually get the email and it doesn't uh -huh. got to go to spam, it's got to be in, I can make an email marketing sound real shit right now. <laughs> no, no, but it's true. Like I've done waitlists for my book as well. Like, yeah. hey, you know, and I know that my numbers are anywhere. I've done it for lots of things, but my numbers for actual sign up is somewhere between sort of 13 to 30%. Yep. 30% would be good for me. Yeah, absolutely. But it's often down quite low, even if those people were really excited and activated, by the time they go to buy it, that that act activation moment's gone. So think about market when we think about marketing, and I know you know this as well. I think about kids in the lolly shop. So think of the, the kids yes. in the lolly shop. Okay, they're in the lolly shop. The lollies are in front of them. The lolly, the ones that the lolly man wants to sell, are are really you know right at their eye level. But get them out of the lolly shop. They you know haven't you know, and down at the part plane. They don't. Mm. They're not thinking about the lolly anymore. But no. what, when they're in the lolly shop, that is the moment in time that the parent has the most pressure to buy that lolly <laughs> yeah they do because and it's hard to get them out if you say no <laughs> yeah exactly so we've got to do the same thing with our marketing when the client is sitting there that is when they and and they clicked on the link and they're, they're ready to sign up to the wait list or anything like that that is when their need is the highest that is when their interest is the highest so if we can remove the barrier to purchase which is hey buy it now on our wait list price which is at, at our pre-order price which is really amazing mm. and yes you might wait two to three months to get access to that course, but you, you know, you've chopped it, you know, chopped it quite nicely for them to get a pre-order, then that's a great way of being able to connect with your people. But if you don't, I find lots of people don't sell their course early enough. Yeah. I, and and I, I then think they get disappointed. Because they, they wait until they go, they go, oh, it's like 10 days before launch. I'm going to start doing my details and stuff. But if it's a significant purchase too, like I know there's been a couple of times where people have approached me directly, which I've also done for some of my courses, and gone, hey, do you want to do this? And I'm like, seriously, I'd be really interested. Like, when does it start? Oh, you know, next Wednesday. And I'm like, I don't have time. I don't have time. I'm booked out. I need a three-month run to, to know about it. Yep. Or six weeks or whatever to book it into my time. You know what and, I learned from my students over COVID? They wanted my my event calendar 12, what, 12 months ahead of time. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm selling into March now because yep. I have learned that I need, because it's got a time portion in it yep. and, and I think that's what I've learned as well as you have to give people that time that's and respecting them as coaches we all teach people to plan and time block yeah. and use their time wisely we need to be making sure that we actually provide them enough notice yeah and I think too like then then you can have like more incidental things and then on that launch week that's when you can really ramp up, ramp up with the daily emails and the daily posts and all those sort of things to work through exactly now one of the things that we did talk when we were just chatting about what we'd be talking about today 
Um, I don't know if you remember this, but I really loved some of the things you told me that you notice on people's sales pages that are either there or not there. Oh, yeah. That really miss out. Do you have a couple of those? That you I do. I have a couple of things on my lovely little envelope. In front oh, of me great. Envelope, this is the best. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what are, my, what are my pet peeves about courses today? Let's write those down. Okay. First thing is the offer is not clear. So the yeah. offer is not clear. But the number one major thing that annoys me when someone wants to sell online education there's no video of you as the instructor connecting with the people. Marketing comes down to this is the first thing people yeah. connect with on a regular basis. They connect with your face. So do the video. Teach them, give them an indication of how you are and what you're going to teach, okay? Mm -hmm. That's the number one thing. The offer's not clear, so it doesn't tell them by the end of the course what, what change or what transformation. And we do, in education marketing, you're selling trends. You're selling a transformation, okay? That's really. I'm just going to go back to that. That's really keen because I find this too. We all want to start with this is what it includes. Yep. That is a very natural thing for us to do because it's structured. I know when I start writing those things, I always list what it includes yep. first, and then I have to go. Oops, no, this is what you're going to get out of it. Exactly. But by all means, include what it includes, but make sure that they've got somewhere in that landing page copy by the end of the course. And I actually quite like it as a, the last call to action before, yeah. before purchase. By the end of this course, you will get X, you'll, you'll know how to do X, 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 and X. And we also, you haven't, quite often people don't explain who the course is for. Yes. So they don't explain That's who the key. course is for. Or the number one issue that I see with most courses, and I've done, what have we coached? Over 55 different course creators through since 2020 majorly. Um, there is too much in the course. Mm. Okay, we can't, online learners have to be self-motivated learners, okay? By being self-motivated learners, they have to look at the content and the curriculum and go, yeah, I can do that yeah. or I can't. Um, and if you overwhelm, then that is too hard. And quite often we, I said this to a couple of clients before, you know what you want to teach and you know they need their foundations. However, their pain point is coming in at that point over there. Yeah. So we need to talk to that point, mention that there are other resources that they can go back and mm. get, get get when they realize that they need to, but talk to that point so that they can get they can get into it. So it's also about remembering it's not about you and it's not about what you think your people should know. And Rachel learned that when she delivered her 13-week program. Well, I did because I did this one week on Reels and TikToks and everyone was like, and I was like, okay, we're making this two weeks. And everyone was like, yes, please. <laughs> Isn't it funny? So quite often there's too much in it. So quite often it needs to be broken into multiple courses. Mm. Now I get it. You're paying for a course platform and you want to give your people the most value and all of those sorts of things. But overwhelm is not value. Yeah, I agree. Overwhelm yeah. is is killing the opportunity before you even got it. Yeah, and I, it is a hard one too because I think, you know, when you talked about that thing of who who's it for, it, that goes back, I call it narrowing the arrow, but people often are like, I don't want to cut people out, but by not doing that, they're not talking directly to the person, you know, and exactly. I think that's the same with this. People often add a whole lot of stuff in. Like I know that that's, you know, you and I are both teachers and when you're teaching 35-year-olds, you know that there's someone who doesn't know what a three is and there's other ones in there that knows their two times tables, you know, like there's a complete yep. change. And so it is sometimes hard because you're trying to, trying to express and make sure that everyone's stimulated no matter 
who's in there. But in a classroom environment, you can see those faces. And yes. even in a classroom you can't always adult environment, you can see those faces. With yeah. online learners, you can't. Yeah, and it's really interesting too, because I ran a course which was called Camp of the Beginners, which was just a free webinar. And um, I was like, I'm doing the beginner, beginner level. And I got feedback from a very grumpy man, actually, who said, you didn't show me how to start an account on Canva. And I'm just like, well. Yeah, but it is a beginner thing. It was a beginner thing. I didn't even think about that. You know, like I don't even think that that would be the thing I needed to do. You've you know actually brought a really good point. The one thing yeah. I say to most course creators is don't forget to teach the basics. Yeah, basics are good, you know, teach and it's hard if you everything that's fluent. second nature to you. Use it as yes. marketing content if you need to, but teach everything that's second nature to you. Yeah, because I think, and I do think that quite often when you're fluid in something, because obviously we're as coaches and course creators, we're talking about our area of expertise. Yes. That being able to do that thing of feeding back and asking a beginner to walk through it first, if that's who you're focused on, is so essential. Absolutely. And you know what? It's so easy. And look, we all do it. Um, as you said, one of my most watched videos on YouTube is still how to get your social media URLs. It's so interesting, eh? Actually, one, I was thinking one of my ones that was really was like um how to set up um it was like a hashtag thing, but it was really basic. Yeah. And there's always, always conversation. Thank you so much for this. And thank you so much. I'm like, what about the really cool shit I've done? Like this <laughs> was like a five minute video. <laughs> yeah, but you and I know we, we play in this lovely helping other people do their marketing um, areas to help them, help them yes. get that pointed out there. So we, we get that. I'm trying to find just quickly, there's an educational marketing and I'll give it, I'll bring it through. Oh, here we go. There's an educational marketing toolkit. There's an education marketing toolkit on the course creator circle where we actually delve into different ways that you can educate your market. And we've got a download and a hand, hand, handout that I think would most probably help our listeners today. Awesome. So I'll make sure that I give that link through to you Thank as you. well. Thank you. That would be amazing. They'd love that. People love. And I was going to ask about that too, because that's one of the things I really enjoyed when I was creating course material is it's not just the video material that we want to do, is it? It is definitely that, you know, having downloads, because one of the things I found really interesting, I had like an e-option for people to do their stuff, like a, with using Notion yep. but and spreadsheets, but I also had downloads and by far the downloads were the most popular. Do you know what's really funky? And I don't know if you're coming into the workshop that we've got running on, in August. I'm planning got... to come to all those of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've got one for Horse Creator Circle on the 23rd of August for oh, cool. Robo, which is interactive workbooks. Oh, so, cool. Yeah. Oh, awesome. So things like when I teach how to write a media release, now they go straight in, they write their media release and they'll put follow along with me. And then rather than going through the download and you know, sitting there printing it out going, yeah, I'll sit and get to it later. They actually go through and write their press release with me and they submit it. That's and a cool. part of that process is a review and it's all done digitally on the workbook so that I can give feedback. Um, but the student is there learning alongside you. So underneath my videos now sits that particular section of the workbook that they need to work on. So, That's okay, now cool. give and they can just write directly into it. Yep. Exactly. That's clever. That's super That's clever. so cool. Yeah. No, so Erin's coming into the course credit circle 23rd of August. So if you're not already in for that one, jump in for that because it's okay. an amazing tool. But that's the thing too. When you're putting your course together, I see so many people go, I just want to do PowerPoint. And I just want yeah. to voice over a PowerPoint. And I'm like, and I just want to stand my eyes out. <laughs> yeah, PowerPoints, like I will switch off if it's just a PowerPoint. And I think it also, as much as your knowledge is, is credible and all of those things, it also devalues mm. the knowledge that you put out there because, you know, they're not getting in front of the camera. But there is a place for PowerPoint. 
Oh, definitely. Want to do the PowerPoint? You do want to do those things. Spend thirty seconds introducing the lesson on camera. Yeah. Because it's about that consistent connection with you and the student that will keep your student going through. Mm. And the other thing that I like bugs me about course creation, course creators out there. <laughs> and as teachers, you and I both know this. Completion rates. Completion mm. rates are one thing, okay? But we can sit and teach a room full of people and they will get the thing that they wanted in the first minute. Mm. or the last half hour you know it yeah. can be like that but you know that's their value moment and that's their goal point it's the same with online learners if they get the win they were looking for they may not complete the rest of your course that doesn't mean your course was bad so I can give an actual real life example of this with a book so I read um years and years ago uh, when I was just starting my freelancing writing career just I'd had kids after I'd had kids and I realized I wasn't going back to teaching I read The 4-Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. And when I say I read it, and I, for years I said I read it, I literally read the first, I think, three chapters. And it was talking about outsourcing. And I had this gig where I was writing web copy. And I went, I can find a cheaper person than me to outsource this to, and then I can edit it. And I went from working like 20 hours a week to working four hours, but earning the same amount of money, pretty yep. much, besides this thing. And... I was like, and I tell everyone, this is the best book ever. And I didn't even know until like three or four years ago that there was all this other stuff in that book. I read it like four years ago, like the whole thing, because I got the thing I needed at the time in the book for that moment. That was enough. And that's what we've got to understand, that this whole journey, transformation is different for each person coming through through that course. You know, there's lots of people that are happy and they think they've learned all yeah. about marketing through my YouTube or my TikToks or my eight reels. And all yeah, that they do. Stuff. Free like, stuff, hey, right? Yeah. But they've learned what they needed. Yeah. The seed of interest is there. And I think this is a really interesting thing when we talk about marketing your course. One of my marketing circle members, which is my largest membership, um, you know, before you go to coaching with me, that's, you know, that's the, that's the biggest one. One of my members in there stalked me online for two years before she purchased anything. Yeah. So she was on my email list. She was on all of these things. And this is where... People say, oh, well, you should clean out your inactive users on your Facebook. You should clean out your, uh, you know, people who haven't commented or posted or you should clean up your email list and all of this sort of stuff. But when the marketing circle came around, it was perfect for her. It was what she wanted and what she needed. Yeah. Um, now, in that meantime, I was figuring out how I was going to offer something like that. So yeah, I think that's if I cleaned her off, like she wouldn't be there. I like I will tell you like I have tossed around for me like I've got some other like kind of evergreen courses that just kind of sit but this coaching one for me I have been talking about it off and on for maybe five years and had yep. no idea what it looked like and no idea what I wanted to do and kept on coming back with I don't want to do it it's not the right thing for me yep. and then this then it happened and now I'm and I really like when you talked about that not not that six figure launches my first course had nine members on it and they were paying a discounted rate um, over half of them have come over to this new one and this time I think I've got 15 and I'm planning to have you know I want 40 or 50 people being doing doing that course Absolutely. with me but I'm doing it in stages because I want a sustainable long-term course plan I'm not going for instant riches so and and this will be my question to you because I used to run the 12-month version yeah okay and then what would happen is as I think I've said to you in, in the past is people would come in and they you get to February and, and my sales were dead in the water because, you know, I'll join next year's. 
I've got two intakes. <laughs> Good girl. <laughs> I, I was. I've got two intakes. But I because I thought I can't really do it because they've got these two intense periods. Yeah. I've got two intakes, and it's great because a couple of people that were going to do it this year and kind of ran out. They've said I'm signing up for March. So I've already got signups already for March. Absolutely. And, and that's how it works. And I think too for me, it works better for that because I am ADHD. If I had like this monthly thing where people could roll in and out, I'd really struggle to keep the momentum going. So for me, if I've got these two lines in the sand, that works better with my personality. Yep. So they'll get Absolutely. better results. You know, and I think that's kind of that thing where you've got to really understand who you are as a trainer, a teacher, a course creator. You've got Absolutely. to really think about that stuff. And it's really interesting because as you said, you've got two intakes. I'll be surprised yes. if you don't have three to four by the end well, of this I, year. Well, <laughs> it possibly would, you know, and I think that's where I'm like, I'm already thinking, oh, it's quite a long way from August to March, you know. Yep. You know, and so I do think that that, that is something that you kind of go, oh, yeah, I can kind of see where that happens now. Yeah. Are you pre-selling yeah. those orders for March? Are you actually yes. taking the money? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're taking a big, big kind of, yeah, big. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> student is only engaged. Yeah, yeah. They put the money across the line. Yeah, yeah they get an invoice. They get an invoice for the first month, and they go, "Yeah, that's cool." You know what? I would uh, seriously, I would be starting the payment plan. Okay, so yeah. what you're saying to me now is they're getting an invoice, they're getting all of those sorts of things. This is the biggest thing course creators do to themselves. They make everything so manual mm. that as they scale, it's impossible to keep up. Yeah. Yeah, and we've um, talked about that because we do have the bono payment plan, but we've said, you know, this is where we can do it to a certain amount where it is yep. manual and then we have to make that automatic because I yep. agree with you. All those things take a lot of energy and if someone misses a payment or something like that, that becomes an admin thing that you didn't plan on in your course yep. coaching program. And also when we consider payment plans, guys, you've got to be really careful that you have to actually factor in because this is one I learned the hard way. Um, I didn't factor in how much it took my accounts team time to reconcile all those invoices that were going out in payment plans yep. for 20 and 30 bucks. It's so, so like, true no, though. It's it so was costing true. more than the invoice yeah. was worth. Yeah. And that's, yeah, it's really interesting because we've had that conversation because my, because um, my husband Rod is the guy that does, he, yep. he, he does, he manages and oversees that side. And so he has that conversation with me when I go, oh, we'll do this. He's like, um, that's creating a whole lot of work for me. So just so you know. <laughs> So yeah, we've had that conversation. Now, can I ask a question about yeah. emails on launching? Because one of the things that I did with my, um, I've got a, another marketing course and also with my book is I was very relaxed this time about doing daily emails before launch that I would not have done two or three years ago. Yeah, look, I'm mixed school on both of those. Yeah. Um, if the daily emails provide value, Yes. And they're providing providing leads to the course that I think the daily daily emails are coming to. And that leads it back to, it's not about you. <laughs> this oh, course it's not about, not about you, you, it's about the reader, right? So if your email campaign happened to be like you picked, and for all course creators, this is my strategy, so you might as well hear it. You pick out five pain points that you think your audience is going to relate to in your course. And you go, are you struggling with this? You explain the issue that they might have. You give them the chance to overcome it. Then you mention your course. Absolutely, you can yeah. deliver that over five days. You are going to get unsubscribes, but unsubscribes are not a bad thing because yeah. unsubscribes are people who are not prepared to get their credit card out and that's fine. Yeah. Because if think... that unsubscribe rate is high on the second or third day, then you're not and you're starting so... to affect your deliverability, yeah. you pull back. And that's all about monitoring your campaign too. Yeah, I really like that because I that's one of the things I'm really conscious of. I also do like a weekly email segment yeah. to my list. And one of the things I always try and make sure I do, and it's a really thing important for everyone else too, is even if I'm selling something, like I've got something to sell, 
I always go, is there enough content in that bit where I'm teaching that if someone doesn't sell, they go away with a good taste in their mouth and they don't feel like I was like, oh, she's just told me this to sell this thing. Yep. Exactly. And that's the good rule of thumb, I think. Absolutely. And just bearing in mind, guys, that, you know, it's not, an unsubscribe is not bad, but if you start to hit that 20, 30% unsubscribe, you will hit, you will affect your deliverability rate. Yeah, so that's gonna... where you've got to monitor your campaign. Yeah. So a daily email campaign is fine. A monthly email campaign is fine. A weekly email campaign is fine. But if you don't monitor it, Mm. and something goes a little bit haywire you gotta go oh i've got to yeah. do something here and i'm gonna do yeah. it quick i think that's really good advice and in terms of pricing your course oh gosh this is a string question i know yeah. well it is though isn't it because like i look at you know um i saw someone before, um, recently a, a colleague and i looked at their pricing and i was like wow they're super cheap on that like it was so cheap and but I also know that that attracts a certain I saw this really cool thing that was like pricing your value pricing can be super cheap but you got to think about what's going next or what yeah. the point it of that is or whatever comes down to where we were talking about where does the course fit within your business yeah. okay so you know I talk marketing tree seat of interest yeah we, we climb up the branches and, and the branches go so if you've got what I call a mini course or a, or a low level offering course and it sits down there as your lower level branches it's above your free content but it's you know taking a little bit of a commitment from your from yeah. your students they're climbing up you know my, my US clients love this all the time because I talk about koala bears. Koalas, or koalas, koalas reach to the top of the gum tree because that's where the juiciest leaves are. And that's oh, exactly what we want to know. That's a cool thing to know about koalas. Yeah, it's where they get stoned the most on their eucalyptus. <laughs> <laughs> We actually so have wood pigeons, wood pigeons that get drunk on berries. So I yeah. like that we have these drunk animals in our, <laughs> in our native plants. <laughs> so the koala will make its way to the top of the tree. Now it's going to nibble its way on along some leaves as it goes up, makes its way up the tree. But it's going to make its way up to the top of the tree because that's where the juiciest leaves are. So the same with our clients. They will have a journey. Now some of them are never going to make it to the top and that's absolutely fine. But we lead them to where they comfortably can sit on a branch that will take their weight without that. breaking at that point in time. So the mini course, if it fits within your business and it leads to a bigger course, that's great. But bearing in mind that mini course has got to have that bigger course created. Yeah. Otherwise, you don't have the flow. Yeah, I really yeah. like that. It's about giving the opportunity. So mini course, great. I'm saying that mini course most probably was selling into something else. It was either selling into a longer program mm. or it was selling into coaching. One of the two. <laughs> yeah, it's quite funny because, um, you know, Rod, I've bought quite a few of those 37. Because sometimes as a marketer, I will buy, I love buying those $37 courses. Like Absolutely. On a, and sometimes it's all I need because I can stitch it together with my knowledge. But he confessed to me a couple of days ago. He said, oh, um, so I bought a course on Facebook um, about golf the other day. And I went, was it $37? And he went, how'd you know? And I said, and did you get lots of upsells? And he went, oh my gosh, I got so many upsells. Exactly. And I think people have got to understand that that's part of the process. You buy a low level entry course, you're buying something. Um, we've just gone through a five day working with affiliates challenge in the course creator circle for our members. And funnily enough, someone said, oh, well, you haven't given me the full plan for working with course creator, uh, with affiliates. I'm like, I've given you enough to get you started, yeah. but the rest of it's behind the membership. And that's where it is. You know, this and is enough fair. to get you started. Well, that's what happened. He was like, they said, oh, you get this access to everything for two weeks. But if you sign up for this amount per month, you get all of it forever. Yeah. And he was like, I'm, I'm in. I'm, I'm in. in. He was sold. <laughs> he was sold. <laughs> and I said to him, and that's why we have expenses on our business card for marketing stuff. Because that's what I do. 
and look, guys, I think it's really important to realize that you can, that's where your offering's got to be. Yeah. And especially for people like you and I who teach mm. starter level. Well, I like to say I teach starter levels. You know, I've gone to my corporate days. I'm not doing corporate marketing for anyone anymore. Um, nice. So we teach starter levels and I love that moment, you know, when the idea comes to work fruition and then you see the brand come together and mm. and you see all of those sorts of things and I get to do that two ways I get to do it with my clients but I also get to do it with my members so I get to do it and teach them how to do it but even the course component you know we do a course creation kickstart it pretty much two or three times a year and what we do from that is is literally get the knowledge out of their head and normally in the first or second call someone tells me what the course outline is and I go might be three courses it might be four yeah, courses. Yeah, because I, I think that is quite, like I, I often have to pull people back from those big ideas, like pulling it down. I think yep. it's a really good thing. And I was just thinking about that that coaching thing that you talk about. So like you and I both do one-to-one coaching. And I was talking to uh, a friend of mine, Sarah, and she's a, an amazing coach around helping people manage time. And she said one of the mistakes she made last year when she brought in her coaching program is it was too close in price to her coaching one-on-one. Yep. And she said when she found that she dropped it to, I think she said it was, it had to be at least a half or maybe a third or a quarter. I actually can't remember what it was, something like that. Um, She said that's when people used to sign up. And that's what I used when I was working out my pricing. I was Absolutely. like, here's how much it costs me to work with me one-on-one. And it sets that value, doesn't it? Like that's one of the other things is it helps. You, you don't want to make that coaching course so cheap that the jump from that to one-on-one is too big. Too big. You need to have the steps. Yeah, you need to really think of what those steps are. Need to look at the branches and make sure. So to give you guys an example, you've got my we've got all my free content out there, all the free content I teach free stuff. I'm in the Thinkific group on a daily basis, I'm in BBB on a daily basis, um, I'm in all of those spaces. And the stuff I do out there is the educational freebie seed of interest stuff. Now you'll get some value from it, but you're not going to get the same as if you came into something like a challenge where you've exchanged your email address. You're still yes. in a challenge. You'll get some dedicated time from me. So like the five-day one. Because you paid up every with the email address. You paid with the email address. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the trade. transaction. Yeah. Yep. We've traded knowledge for email. Yes. So we've done that, those sorts of things. So they've got, they've got that component from there. The next level from course creation point of view is obviously the course creator circle. Mm. So, but, you know, inside the course creator circle, we've got lots of those little lead magnets like the educational marketing toolkit, mm. like the monetize your knowledge worksheet. Like all of those little handouts, which we you know the transaction is, yes, you've got my got our sheet and how to do something, but I've got your email address. Mm-hmm. And the aim is, and my job then is to do my job well and, and convince, convince you yeah. that you want to go up to the next level. You know, yeah. we're not we're not pretending that this is, you know, not sales. This is all about sales, but it's about educating and empowering our people to make the right choice. Mm-hmm. Then we've got little Q, course creator Q&As and how-to sessions which people can register for like $47 and come into the live sessions or our members get it and our members get it and they get replay. Yes, I really like that because I do that with my past co- um, strategy clients. You know, if we have a webinar, often they'll get it for free because yes. it's part of that ongoing care of our strategy, but then it gets paid and then and our Facebook group get a discount so that people yep. get like the steps. And then that's kind of saying, hey, you've already been part of this community or you're part of my list or whatever. So I'm honoring you with that by giving you that wee little bit Absolutely. of extra help. Yeah. So then you've got, so then we've got course creators, which is, is particularly dedicated for course creation. Uh, there's a course creation, there's a level of coaching in there, which is just pure one-on-one coaching with me plus course creation over six weeks, but there's no work from my team. None at all. You know, my team are completely out of it. That's my time I sell and that sort of stuff. And we'll get to the pricing most probably in a second. I'll try and explain how it all works. 
Then we go through to what and my next membership level, which is, has everything. It has my marketing courses in it. It has how to with me once a month. It has a Q&A session with me once a month. The community is pretty awesome. They all support each other. And like you, I started out with five or six and grew it to 30. That's and it keeps awesome. going. And, you know, that's. And is that group coaching? You'd call that group coaching? Absolutely. That's yeah. group coaching. But those members get discounted access to book one-on-one sessions with me. They get first access on any live training or live workshops, like the content marketing thing we're going to run in February. Mm -hmm. They, We have three super early bird tickets. Marketing Circle members got 48 hours heads up on everyone else to get that ticket. Mm -hmm. You know, they get the pre-advanced stuff. They get, you know, member-only offers and all of those sorts of things because they're a member. That membership's been running for four years now. I don't see me ever stopping it because I've got the formula right about how my people yeah. wanted it to be. We then have a VIP add-on for that one for those who need the extra hand-holding. So it's really <laughs> thinking about those layers. Yeah, it's about yeah. steps. So the VIP add-on came from COVID and it came from the isolation and the devastation and all of those sorts of things. When we were running BBB, I ran for two weeks there, I think I ran a, a weekly check-in, like a, a daily check-in, and we just ran daily check-in calls. We got to the end of that two weeks and the Marketing Circle members said to me, could we have that as an add-on to our membership? So told you, students tell you what they uh, want. Interesting. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but not daily. <laughs> yeah, no, daily is a lot. It's exhausting. So yeah. Mondays and Wednesdays, we do a daily check-in. We do a 30-minute check-in, which is, how you going, blah, 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 blah. I've got a five-minute marketing deck, so I'll grab a card out. I go, hey, here's one five-minute activity you can do. They ask me any questions that they've got. They also get a call with me once a month that they can book in. Now they can only book that call within no. the next in 60 days. They're not a, not like a client. They're not a retained spot within the thing. And this is really clear, guys. If you've heard me talk about students, members, clients, there are three different categories and it's three mm -hmm. different ways, three different service levels that we all have to put in. Otherwise we end up like the lady Rachel mentioned, we're, we're pricing it the same and we're giving it the same. But yeah, we're you have to think about the pricing and it, and it yeah. has to be different. Yeah. And then we've got one-on-one -on -one coaching with me, which is really select. Yes. Yeah, I only have a very small number of people I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. I take three to four. That's yeah, it. and that's because I always say when you're doing one-to-one -one coaching, I say it's not just the time I spend with you. It's I actually give you space in my brain. Exactly. I eke out a bit of my brain and you come on my walks by myself. You come on my walks with my husband when we're talking about business. We talk about you. You're the person I wake up at three o'clock. If I wake up and I'm thinking at three o'clock in the morning, you pop in there, you know. And you've got, yep, yeah, exactly. And that's you exactly know, what that's, happens. That's, and I will only give that space to you if you're one of my coaching clients. And if you're the right coaching client. If you're the right coaching client. Yeah. And that's where they normally can buy options to have my team come in and help them. Yeah. Okay. And my team are amazing. But we've got five businesses here. So the last thing I want to do is put my team on anything else other than what creates impact, which is hence why they You are actually impact. a freaking whirlwind, though, Linda. Like, to be honest, I think I'm going to have to have a nap after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but pricing-wise, so your pricing is going to look like that exact structure. It's yeah. going to look like you've empowered them to climb the ladder. So that you've got what I call taste tester pricing, which is the $37 or the $47 courses. Uh, you've then got the, I'm going in a bit deeper. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they might be two-hour workshops or two-hour webinars where they're paying $197 or something like that, but they're going in a little bit deeper. Mm. And then we've got their, okay, I'm committed regularly. Okay, I'm committed regularly plus a little bit more. And they'll find out what regular commitment they want. Yeah. And then they move through that process. So your pricing needs to fit, and it all comes down to what we said at the very, very start, where does course, the course offering fit within your business? 
Yeah, and I, I can I just say because some people listening to this might go, oh, this sounds just a little bit manipulative. But I really want to talk about it from an experience that you and I would have seen from the end user using that. Like yep. I know that people buy my book, and my book is lead generation. It's it can, it's you can read the book, and the book is enough if it's hitting you where you need it to be. Absolutely. But I've had emails from people going, I am a kind spider, but I need some help building my web which is exactly what I want them to do. If they're ready for that, how do I do that? And so everything you have is self-contained. I could come to a um, $49 webinar and go, actually, this hit me exactly where I need it and I've got all the tools I need. Or I might go, I need something else in here and I, I need the next thing for this. Or I might go, I have everything I need. And six months later, I go, actually now I need that thing and none of that's manipulative that's all of us hitting where people are at but giving them the opportunity to move further if they're ready as and as I would say to everyone else it's delivering to those little people in the classroom delivering the basic needs but making sure that there's the option for those to accelerate who want to accelerate yeah and I had to learn that during a webinar that was on beginners for example if someone said hey how do you do blah 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 and it's advanced I had to learn that it was actually okay to say I actually have a solution for that but it's not in this webinar I can't cover it today because we don't have time and it would it's not part of this but here's this thing and I can give you information about it yep and we've done the same oh it's a it's a really good good skill to learn it's a hard one as a teacher it's hard to learn everything to students (laughs) you know you want to give them everything um you know so even for example I was doing a live session with my course creators this week and we I was getting asked about lead magnets and all of those sorts of things and I'm like like it's an hour session but my lead magnet workshop is and we break my lead magnet workshop into two what makes a good lead magnet what makes a good nurture sequence because without Mm -hmm. each other they don't match but you do all of that training in one hit everyone's brains exploded and everyone gives up making lead magnets let's be really honest Yeah, no, we we yeah we cover them in the. I I know you're. I know what you're meaning. I know what you're meaning. But I said to the members, I said, look, you guys get a discounted rate to attend that workshop, but it's two hours of training. It's not something I can cover in one of our one hour sessions. Yeah. So feel free to go and grab it if you want to. I'll touch on what on the the key formula, but I can't do everything, uh, through that process. Mm. So yes, it sounds manipulative, but to give you a bit of an idea, my marketing planner this year will have over two thousand dollars worth of courses. Most probably popped in there. Yeah, in it yeah. by the so, yeah. but you know it's going to have at least a couple of hundred bucks worth of courses yeah and uh, I, I think that that's it. the key the key thing is is that you know it's about us also having boundaries around what we feel comfortable we want to give and understanding that's okay to have those boundaries it's actually positive for everyone involved positive for everyone because if you don't have those boundaries you don't deliver what you need yeah. to deliver and as much as I say this as nicely as possible the top paying clients allow me to create the mid-level content yes. to continue to pay, to continue to do everything else that we do for you guys. You know, mm-hmm. um, I remember when BBB first started and people would say, one lovely gentleman came to me and said, I should spend five minutes with each new member explaining the guidelines. Oh, yeah, that's that's a good use of your time. I calculated it. You know it was a full-time role for two people? Yeah, but it would have been. <laughs> Easy to block, to be honest. Anyway, that, um, hey, do so, you know what I mean? These yeah, I know. Calculate. It is, and and I think that's one of the things that you know, in terms of value, 
I really love that. I, like one of the things I'll say often with my particular group of coaching clients is we have a Facebook group and I say, hey, for you, the group coaching, there's no email support because I have that for my one-to-one people. Yep. Because I I know that if they start emailing me, I'm going to drop the ball and, and then they won't get the service because it's physically impossible for me to do it. And, and that's those boundaries are important. We started moving, and I've. I know you know that we've been using Volley. Oh yeah, yeah, you you and Volley. Out. I'll put a link to Volley in the show notes actually because oh, you it, and Volley really are best mates. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's because it's finally the community platform that I think allows everyone to be able to do what they need to do. Yes. They can do video, they can do all of those sorts of things. So in between sessions, what I love about it is I've got one-on-one channels for my clients, and I in between yeah. sessions. Now, they send me a video that says I've done this or I've achieved that, but they wouldn't send in an email, but they're like, hey, I did this, yay. <laughs> and that's, look at this. it's quite easy to reply back to though, isn't it? Exactly. Because I do it yeah. either on my phone or on my desktop or wherever I am and we go through we go through it. And I literally did just run the last challenge on Volley. Now, for those guys of you who are listening right now, Volley's free. It's a platform that's in development. What I love about the ability of doing something like that is why it's in development, you get to help develop it where you want it to be. So from my point of view, there were, I had a bit of resistance around Facebook groups from people who were joint, starting to join them. I don't yeah. do Facebook. Yeah. yeah Part of our like thing is on thing. Facebook, so they have to do it. And we've had one person who was like, I'm not doing it, but, but you're going to be marketing on Facebook. So yeah. you have to be on that group. <laughs> so we had a bit of resistance to Facebook groups. We also had some people get into Facebook jail, which we all know it happens from time to time. Oh, yeah, and it does. Then they felt like they weren't getting the value from their membership. Yeah. So we were looking for the right solution. Uh, and part of what we came through was, was Volley. Um, and it was funnily enough, Patty, who got me into Thinkific, like a long time ago, gave me gave me Volley. He said to me, oh, you've awesome. got to see this tool. And I'm like, oh my God, this is awesome. And I wasn't even taking on anything new at that stage. I said to the guys, we're not signing up for any new technology. That's it. We're out. We're done. This is, this is a write-off. <laughs> But it allows my guys to communicate by video. It allows them to put files in there for me to review. It allows our members to get feedback on stuff. So, for example, we had a member the other day who was doing their promo video, wanted feedback, which would normally have to go to YouTube as an unlisted video there, the link to share, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the whole journey of it, the risk. In Volley, they load the file. We're all able to provide feedback. We're all able That's to watch cool. it. It's all in a safe spot. It's all done. Uh, and it, and no one, it, there's no risk of it being in the public domain. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, awesome. it's in that small group. And so but the guys who text, but the the availability has been interesting. Yeah. Facebook's great. And I love, look, don't get me wrong. I love Facebook groups. I've been doing business with Facebook groups for years. But for my inner circle, we found that bringing that extra level of access, mm-hmm. I just check it once a day, jump in. Yes, I am. Um, I, and I think this is why I'm really enjoying is learning the evolution when you launch something is you work through these things and start going, I need to do this because I'm not connecting this way. And learning that is so important in what you're doing. Um, now, we could literally talk about this all day, um, but if people want to, because obviously I think people who've listening would definitely be, uh, definitely come and be part of business, business, um, business, business, yeah. business, um, New Zealand and Australians are in there and some other people from other places. Oh, we're all over um, there. <laughs> there's, a, there's a good bunch of Australian New Zealand businesses there that are, you know, really great variety of businesses too, which I really like. Um, so definitely be in there. Um, if they want to find out more about your courses or about the Course Creator Circle as well, where do they go, Linda? Okay, my website will lead them to everything. So lindareedenova.com.au. It has the market with me, the teach with me, 
have a look at my courses, do all of those sorts of things. Yes, we literally split, split my website into my multiple personalities. <laughs> yeah, I'm. it's interesting because I'm just reworking my Rachel Plava one at the moment and I'm like, I, it feels so split, but I'm trying to work out how to fit everything in. And I'm sending emails to our web developer going, hey, can we put this over here instead? And can we sort this out over here? Because it is, it's big. It is a big thing. And look, you know, the girls and I spent ages. There's two terms that we had in here. You know, I used to be known as the PR and marketing go-to girl. I was like, yeah. 1040, can't call myself a girl anymore. I've got to think of something else. <laughs> Lady. Um, so, you know, it was like, and we struggled. It took two years to come up. And I was at a conference and it was actually as we launched the marketing circle and I was asked what my superpower was and it came very second nature that ideas, mm. either coming up with them, like you, I'm in a workshop and I'll spit out, ideas. you know, someone will tell me this, topic. I'm like, right, you should do this, 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 this. <laughs> you know, this is your words, these are your copy, you know, this is what you should be doing. So we worked out that ideas included the marketing and the, and the course creation. So we, we decided to say that, you know, I was an idea strategist. Mm. Then occasionally, you know, for SEO points of view, we needed to put in ideas, marketing and course creation strategist, but it became mm. what it needed to be. When we rebuilt my website this year, it really came down into, like we were talking about trees. Mm. I have, we have multiple trees in a forest, like bearing in mind, a forest does not have one tree. One tree does not make a forest. So you have multiple trees. So we went, okay, we've got the market with me stuff. We've got the teach with me stuff. And we brought in a third category this year, which is, um, well, so we've also brought in learn with me, which is where my courses are, but a third category called business with me. And yeah, they yeah. are the areas that are where I work and mm -hmm. I go, and that, you know, I'm not doing accountancy or anything like that, but it's, <laughs> it's about getting that clarity and you're in the same boat. Yeah. But if you can get those four service arms and those makes it easier to blog. Yeah, I know. And I think that's what I've been kind of walking through. It's been really interesting. And I, it's, it's, it's cool. And I, and I think there's so many things that I'm hoping that uh, the listeners can unpick too around that thing of, you know, you and I both have our, have our businesses have a separate website, but it, there does become a part and a point when you're a coach that you do need your own website too. And Absolutely. that's a really essential thing too, which is a whole other topic. So this has been an absolute pleasure. Um, Linda, just a question. Do you have ADHD? No. You don't? No. We thought we might, but we're not. Okay. But Thanks. funnily enough, that was it, one of those things that we were, that I'm trained in. I'm actually trained yeah. in identifying ADHD. And <laughs> that was my special teacher training. Um, no, I've just always loved my ideas and I've always been someone who got out there. And yeah, you it's an amazing gift to have without having yeah. that neurodiversity in there. Because I, I, got, I got diagnosed with ADHD while my daughter was at an, an appointment to be diagnosed with ADHD and they said you don't she doesn't have it you do which I was like how rude you've diagnosed me during <laughs> well, I my didn't own daughters <laughs> I didn't ask for this but I those ideas I've always attached that that and those things have always attached to my ADHD so it's really nice to see that it's it's not it, it's it might be something else that's doing that but it's connected in some other way I yeah I think what it took me a long time Rachel to accept so I come from a family of witch doctors from from Wales and all of those <laughs> sorts of things it took me a long time to a embrace the fact that I knew when when something didn't feel right yeah and I wanted to walk out of the room and you know as a kid you were told no that's not good manners you don't do that I'm like no this makes me sick I'm getting out of here yeah and I have those feelings too um but it took me once I was in my career and I was fortunate I was in my career at 25 I was in an organization where I didn't care if I had my job the next day or not, you know, I knew mm -hmm. I could go and find another job. It was that moment that I came into my own world. Yeah. And I did my own stuff. And from that day Powerful. since, I've just done what makes 
me happy, what makes our business happy. Yes, I have to do bits I don't like, but I've done what works for us. And love from it. that moment on, everything fell into place. I love that. Absolutely. But what a great way to end a podcast. Thank you so much for being a guest. And um, oh, I do need to say, because this will be before that, um, Linda's got an amazing event, which I'm speaking at on the 29th of September. I'm digging in right at the end of the month, a whole month of experts talking about different areas. I'm talking about content marketing, but I have looked at some of the people. There's a TikTok one. There's like yep. a raft, a huge raft. We're going, of we're going everything from business legals. And if no one makes any, and you're, you're all, we've all talked about course crash and everything today. Yeah. If you don't make anything else, make the one on legal minefields that we should avoid as business owners. Oh my gosh. So I'm going to make sure there's a, a thing of that in the show notes because I think it'll be really well worth people coming and you can do a free ticket to catch lives yep. or pay the 149, I think it is. 147 and you're 147. 147. We're, we're doing our market. Yeah, seven, I, know, I was thinking that doesn't sound right. It should have a seven. Um, my husband thinks it's hilarious that I always put a seven on everything. Um, $147 and you get the whole month on replay. Yes. Plus the community to talk about and it. the panels. Yeah, which is amazing. The panel sessions, which are going to be fun. Yeah, amazing. So um, I'll put a note to that in the show notes. But thank you so much for being part of the show. Well, Linda certainly had a whole lot of ideas. And I know that I changed a few things myself on the way that I'm looking at my intake for my course and also thinking about how I can best help my other clients too who also have courses. The video on the course landing page is like an absolute ideal thing that we should be having. So if you haven't got one of those, definitely put it on. And if you have a business and you don't have a course and not planning one, using video on your website is also a given for you, especially if you're in the service-based businesses. Now, it is September the 2nd and Linda's um, Every Day of September Summit has just started yesterday but if you are listening today or in the next couple of days and you want to be part of it you can still join and the link is there in the show notes and I am speaking on the 29th and I'm also in one of the uh, panels as well I think on the 12th so um, if you buy the section you'll be able to be part of that panel and listen and ask questions as well. I um, I found that with, Liz, uh, with Linda's information today one of the things I really took away was really thinking about the customer experience but also thinking about how you can make it easy for people if they're not losing momentum and the sales process is so much like that and for all of us as business owners one of the things if we take away from this today would be to really think about how do we put unintentional blocks in the way of preventing people from buying with us and what could we do to remove them next week I have a couple that I am hanging out to share with you they are a sister duo from a company called Thunderpants. And we're going to be talking about how they have made their products gender neutral. Um, they haven't changed their products, but they changed the way they talked about it on the website. Why they did that and why do us as brands have to think about this and think about this and the way that we're serving our audience. I actually was moved almost to tears a few times with doing this section with them. I loved their authenticity they talk about the processes and a bit of the battles that they had while they were trying to work out why they needed to do this and why it was important. So if, it, if you've ever wondered, you know, should I remove the boys and girls section from my website or, you know, how could I make something more open um, to people who are um, not necessarily fitting into traditional cis models of sexuality, then this is a podcast for you. And I hope you tune in. Until then, next week. If you love what you heard today, be sure to hit subscribe. And if you love this episode in particular, I'd love it if you shared it on social media. Remember to tag me in so I can say thank you. 
Have a great week and we'll talk soon.